Hello, welcome to the Bush League Gaming Podcast, your source for ordinary opinions from ordinary gamers. Today, we're discussing the Xbox and Bethesda Developer Direct Showcase. I'm your host, Jacob Bush, and with me today, he still uses a rolly backpack, your favorite crip boy, Nick Beard. <laughs> of course I do, man. That's uh, I've had the same one since junior high, and it still works, so why not? That was a thing, wasn't it? That was a that was quite a thing in junior high through high school. Yeah, and if you had the Skechers or the little Rollies, then you could essentially the Heelys, that's what they're called. You could you could like skate by with a roller bag and pull it and it was it was a cool thing to do. Yeah, you were a tripod basically. Tricycle. Yeah. A tricycle. <laughs> Not a tripod, a tricycle. Oh man. I hope we cut that whole segment out right there. No, that's all staying. That's all staying. Okay. So did Ryan write that? Ryan did not write that. Ryan hasn't written anything in a while. I need to ask him to write some stuff. Mm. That's why they haven't been mm. so like uh you know inappropriate Bad. because I've been writing them. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I keep it there PG. Yeah. So if you are watching on Spotify or YouTube, you see that we are not in the studio. We are doing the old remote style. Just me and Nick, no Ryan today. Ryan's off doing something. What's Ryan doing, Nick? What's he doing out there? I have no idea. He wouldn't tell us. It was kind of sketchy. So it is kind of sketchy. Yeah. So he might yeah. not ever be on another episode. We don't know yet. So we'll let you know. Check the Twitter. Check check the updates. But we are recording remotely. I might have the flu. Um, we don't know yet. I was puked on by my three year old last night at three a.m. Um, and you know, just to be safe and not expose the guys, I decided that we should just do this remotely. If I turn green over the course of this episode <laughs> i apologize if i have to step away i'm probably throwing up but for now i feel great and uh we're just gonna push this episode we've got a bit of news to break down xbox news which we really haven't had some in a while like this is this is kind of yeah. a big deal in my opinion I, I don't know if you feel the same about at least what was shown but for xbox to finally show what's coming up you know i don't think we got an xbox exclusive in all of 2022 or at least a, one of note um high on life maybe you could debate was one but mm. uh for the most part no big triple a game so this is really showing off what xbox has in plans for 2023 uh they showed five xbox slash bethesda studios um, and the games they are developing all of which are coming out in 2023 so nick starting off how'd you just feel about this this is a new format for xbox this is more like a nintendo direct kind of um there's no host here. Actually, you know, Nintendo Direct's have hosts. So this is kind of a new format in general. There's no hosts. Basically, they jump around to each studio. The studios show off what they're working on, explain it. Um, and it kind of just feels a little bit more grassroots, if I would say. Like, it, it just feels like you're talking to the developers and they're showing their product yeah. they're working on. What would you think about it? it? Yeah, it felt like you were there. It was kind of like this, almost like this immersive experience. They walk you through the studios, which I thought was really cool. At one point, I was laughing when they were going over ESO because uh, someone walked by in front of the camera. And so I'm sure that they have it set up like that. But it gives you this feeling of like people are building in a studio and things are actually happening and you're just there. Right. So it's a very high quality, but it's also got this kind of like organic feeling to it. Grassroots, like you said. Yeah. So from the production side, I thought it was really cool. From the other side of it showcasing games, I didn't have any expectations. So for me, I thought it went well. I went in just not really anticipating anything and left feeling pretty good about it. Yeah, no, agreed. I agreed. I went with low expectations. The only expectation I had was not seeing Starfield, which 
they said would be the case, and they're going to do an, their own independent Starfield showcase just to focus on that game. But if you go into that not expecting something like Starfield, I think overall this is a pretty good presentation. So we're going to go down um, these five studios, what they're working on, talk about the games they're working on. Um, and then there's a, a couple other slight news topics that I want to touch on after that. But starting off right going into it, we'll go in order how they did. Uh, they went straight to Mojang Studios, uh, who currently are working on Minecraft Legends. We've seen Minecraft Legends already. Kind of a brief trailer. We were very confused by it. It's not traditional Minecraft. It looks like Minecraft, but it's a completely different play style. And, and they really confirmed that with this. So it's pretty much a you know third person action strategy game where you are exploring and foraging, but you're also building bases. And these bases are used to go and fight an actual real person. You know, it's kind of a multiplayer PVP type thing. Um, and you basically send your army and you're leading your army and you're trying to take down their base. That's kind of the, the, the basic explanation of it. Complete deviation from Minecraft, usually. They stated that there's a story-driven campaign that you can do online, co-op with friends. Uh, these maps are procedurally generated, so that is a very Minecraft thing. Mm -hmm. And I do think that's going to create maybe lasting game and like more lasting game that is fresh because it's not going to be the same maps. Yeah. Um, different every time different every time i think that's great and they kind of dove into what pvp can, pvp can be so you can both do pvp and be on a team with a friend fighting other people you can do it solo i thought that was something that was unique where it's like nick you and i could go online 2v2 and, and fight another group of friends um but overall nick you're of the three of us the least <laughs> minecraft fan uh what did you think about minecraft legends what they showed today um because this was a lot of a lot of information for minecraft legends yeah i think the summary here to back up what you just ended on there i've never been a fan of minecraft i think it was the 2019 game of the year for us maybe 2020 uh maybe i'm going a little bit far back i was so upset with you and ryan that minecraft got such a high spot or no this was like top 10 games of the decade that we talked yeah, about it was so, games of the decade for anyone who's been following along for any period of time, you know that I'm just not a Minecraft fan. I think recently I was changed when you and Ryan and I started a world, and really the high point was that Ryan shot you off a tower while you weren't looking, and you fell into the ocean and lost everything. And I laughed for probably like 40 minutes straight. I'm still scarred. I'm still scarred. As, some, as someone who's not a fan of Minecraft, I tried Legends. I actually liked it. And as I was watching this, it gave me a glimpse into an experience that I might actually enjoy if I was able to play it with you and Ryan. This type of gameplay and Minecraft in general doesn't doesn't really do it for me, but I could see us having a lot of fun. Um, I li I liked how everything was shared between the teams. So you like you have to cooperate. I love how there were different types of strategies if you wanted to roam and explore, or if you wanted to go scout out the other person's base, the enemy. And ultimately, you've got to work together to win. So it kind of has kind of has a lot of cool aspects, and I think they mentioned this that there's something here for every type of Minecraft player. Yeah. And I, I'm really interested to hear what your thoughts were, and also Ryan, I'd love to hear what he thought. Yeah, you pointed out something really uh, important. They talked about roles, where like different people have different roles, where you do have like maybe the forager or the explorer or the builder or someone who just upgrades everything. I think that's really cool. Where you know, we could yeah. sit down and have a strategy of like, this is just what you do the entire time. Um, that's exciting to me. That's cool. 
uh, just brief correction for you. You said you played Legends. You played Dungeons, just real quick. I want to correct that. Dungeons, you did play yeah. Dungeons. I played Dungeons. We enjoyed it. It was a brief little gant through there. It was fine. Um, but this has potential. Again, with Game Pass, why wouldn't we just try it? You know, give it a shot. I'm not like crazy for it, really. Uh, I don't... Hmm. I don't have an attachment to them using the Minecraft IP. To me, Minecraft is Minecraft, and I don't need dungeons or legends. I like those gameplay styles and different iterations. It's not additive to put the Minecraft skin on it to me. That doesn't do anything. So to mm. me, I'm just looking at this strictly as a gameplay mechanic first. You know, what what are the mechanics here? Because Minecraft doesn't really have lore that I care about. So why throw that skin on it? Obviously, it's yeah it's it's they're using their ip smartly a ton of kids will see minecraft and will buy it but for me it doesn't do anything so sure i'm cautiously optimistic i saw gameplay today that i liked and um you know we'll see where this goes this is coming out april 18th 2023 so i'm going to read off the, the release dates for these majority of these are coming out uh the first half of 2023 so this is one of those um nick are you okay moving on to the next one yeah my summary here is if you guys jump into it I'd love to give it a shot, but if not, I probably won't be picking this up on my own. Yeah, I actually agree. If if we're not doing this together, I'm I don't want I don't want to try it really. I think this is a, yeah. a multiplayer first game to me. Mm -hmm. All right, next up we have Turn Ten Studios. Turn Ten famously is the developer behind Forza Motorsport. If you don't want Forza Motorsport, it's, this is the hardcore racing simulation uh, game that's not Forza Horizon. Forza Horizon is the arcade. Forza Motorsport is for the hardcore drivers like George, who likes to test his tire pressure and get in the weeds of what grip he has on his tire. These things, this is what these people obsess over. And I think in this trailer, they go into detail of what those people want. So they talk about this new version of the game. This is kind of a relaunch of the game. It's just called Forza Motorsport. Before this, they had number releases. So it was like Forza Motorsport 10. You know, I think I think we went up to 10. I don't know if we went past that but regardless they were numbered so this is kind of a relaunch rebranding this one will feature over 500 cars with 800 unique upgrades i think they're leaning into that unique upgrade thing as well so there's kind of a progression system they tease up for the career the physics model is the biggest update they've ever had apparently it's like if you combine the upgrades from the last three games this is still a bigger physics upgrade um if you were to combine those so that, that's a combined big, yeah yeah combined they said which i was like okay uh again it's how what do you convert this to i don't know but they're saying it's a big deal they have advanced paint like model apple. was that it's an apple thing yeah no it reminds <laughs> me of apple every every time apple product comes out it's 20 times faster than the previous one and you're just like but, okay cool yeah all right, i was like you'll, right. you'll still slow it down in a year from now so um they also talked about advanced paint model for reflections, dirt, and damage, and they showed it in detail, and it does look really cool. Again, if you notice this in-game, who knows, but it does look cool. Um, they're saying yeah. that this will launch with 20 environments, and what they mean by environments, it looks like courses. Um, what I think they probably imply is that maybe there's different courses in these environments, so 20 times however many, potentially. There's a day and night cycle. And then, as I mentioned uh, at the beginning, there's car building, single player focused career. And I put that in quotes, car building, single player focused career. So maybe they're leaning into like you take this car throughout your career. I like that type in, type of thing in racing games. I don't know if that's what they actually mean by that, um, but they did use those words. And then this is the only game that we didn't get an actual release date for, but they did say this is coming 2023. 
When we don't get a release date and they just say that, I assume it means holiday 2023, but we don't know. Um, yeah. th this was originally slated, I think, for last year or two, so it's been pushed back, delayed. Um, but Nick, I know you couldn't care less about car games. Do you care at all about Forza Motorsport? No. And I'm really sorry to all the racing fans. I'll say this. It's impressive to watch these showcases, even though, you know, I kind of just made fun of like, you know, them, them saying combined and comparing it to what, but I mean, George is a good example. We have friends who absolutely geek out over the technicality of this stuff. It's clear that when it comes to games and this genre, they do a ton of cool things with, with graphics and, Really, they push the boundaries here. And I mean, it's apparent. So I respect what's going on in this genre and people that love it. It's just not, it's never been a genre for me. I think I jumped on a Mario Kart and that's probably been the only racing game I've ever played my entire life. But uh, it's cool. It's cool to see them pushing things. I really enjoyed listening to the studio. It's clear they put a ton of work into this. They mentioned flying their team out to South Africa and gathering all this data with just really complex stuff so it's cool i mean to to watch what goes into creating a game like this is fun it's just not not my uh, my cup of tea yeah and actually nick i relate to you on this I, this is this is not my cup of tea in the racing genre i prefer the arcadey action stuff um i have dabbled in forza motorsport you know i think i've played probably three or four of them i've played a set of corsa um, I have dabbled in the simulator games, but I don't enjoy them like I enjoy the arcade games. That doesn't mean Bush League will not be covering Forza Motorsport because it is a fairly big release. We have friends of the show mm -hmm. who are absolute diehard motorsport fans, or at least simulation fans. Um, I actually know they're quite critical of motorsport specifically, but um, if this is worth covering, we will cover it. And I'm based off what we're seeing i think it is worth covering uh it, it does look like a big jump for the franchise and uh you know again with game pass i will try it out you know i'll give it a shot i just yeah. like i don't like the high pressure of like one wrong turn and the last 30 minutes are wasted so um nick moving on from turn 10 uh i this next one is probably the highlight of the show for me i don't know for you this is a stretch mm. for us i think but tango gameworks yeah. came out and they showed a game called Hi-Fi Rush. Now, if you don't know who Tango Gameworks are, they created the um, Evil Within series, Evil Within 1 and 2. And they also created Ghostwire Tokyo, which is a game that we reviewed here, Nick played. And <laughs> if you know anything about those two games, those are very horror-centric, uh, suspense, spooky games. Hi-Fi yeah. Rush couldn't be more of a departure from that. This is bright saturday morning cartoon uh super bright colors you know kind of young adults and you would know, banter and um cheery really it, it, it if you told me this is tango gameworks i would never believe you but they showed this game it's a rhythm action game so think you know think uh <laughs> rock band where you're timing you know clicks or drums and combine that with a kind of action platformer where when you swing your weapon, you're trying to time that with the, the rhythm or the music that's playing in the world. And what they say that does is you're basically doing combos. And if you are matching that rhythm up, you're doing more damage and there's more specials through that. 
And like I said, this is kind of a Saturday morning cartoon. It looks very anime, but like Western in some ways. It's not like full-blown anime. It looks kind of like Persona a bit. Um, it reminded me of Sunset Overdrive. I don't know if you've played that, Nick. And then you mix in a little Ratchet and no. Clank. Um, I mean, this is like a medley of a lot of different things. It's an yeah, it's an explosion of all sorts of things. I didn't even know how to, really how to process this and think about it after I watched it the first go through. Well, and one quote that I specifically wrote down from the developer, they said that the beat moves the world around you and is the key to combat. And they showed the world mm. and how like a, you know, a sewer grate is like popping up with the beat and the, you know, the street light is changing lights with the beat. Like it's everything around you is moving to the song that's playing and they said in the trailer they, they're featuring real songs um and during this actual showcase they played uh, the black keys so they're mm. highlighting real artists through this game and um i'm in love with it i think it's amazing i've actually been playing it so this, is the, this is the big thing it dropped ah they, they did a shadow I knew drop. It. it so they they showed the game off for the first time ever and they go you know hopefully this didn't leak but this game is out now. Like you can, you can download it. You can play it tonight. And I did exactly that. And yep. this is out of my comfort zone, I think, because it is more of the Japanese realm of games. Um, but it's like, it's not a JRPG, right? The, the ongoing joke is no JRPGs here. Um, but it's, it's like a Japanese action game, rhythm game. And I love rhythm games. I love 3D platformers. And it kind of combines all of that uh, with like real music. So I don't know. I've, I've been playing this. I probably put in maybe two to three hours and it's just exactly what I need right now. This is not, this is more of a hmm. budget title. It's not a $70 game. This is, I think, I think it's maybe, I think it's $30, um, but I'm playing it via game pass. So, you know, for free in quotes, and this is exactly what game pass should be used for these weird games that maybe aren't a full priced hmm. big triple a game but like a very creative concept and this concept is cool. Yeah. And I'm, like I said, I think we'll do a full review. If, if you or Ryan are interested in it, Nick, the shadow drop, First, okay. what did you think of the shadow drop? Cause that's one of the coolest things It's rarely done in games. Last time I remember it was apex legends. What'd you think of that? I thought that was really cool. Um, like you said, we don't get that very often and I'm bummed that I didn't get a chance to play it, but I was going to, send you a message and ask if you did. And I just erased the text because I was like, I know Jacob did. So it's really cool to hear that you played the storyline from from what they show kind of gives me almost some roller roller drum vibes too. You know, I don't I don't know if there was any of that in there, but yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. Shadow drop is cool. The the vibes you get are it's like there's like a corporate overtone to it. Like basically you're fighting a corporation. So yeah you're, you're on you're on point with that. But it's uh you know, the worst part about it is that it is kind of young adult and writing like some of the writing's kind of yeah. cheesy, but that's where like the Saturday morning cartoon thing comes from. And like, I'm forgiving of that because the gameplay is so fun and really like it's yeah. gorgeous. It is absolutely gorgeous. This art style is not done often. It's somewhat cell shaded, but they do this amazing thing where it goes from 3D combat, you know, cartoony cell shaded transitions into 2D animation and then into 3D animation. Um it looks good. It's really cool. I mean, this is a unique title. Yeah. Again, Shadow Dropped. This is the highlight of the showcase to me. If you can do something like this and just get me excited to go log into my Xbox. This this brought me back to Xbox for a little while, right? Right before Hogwarts Legacy. Yeah. I'll be playing this game all the way up to then, I think. 
Yeah. One thing to note on Tango Gameworks, uh, it was founded by Shinji Mikami. And I don't know if you felt this way, but both Mikami and John Johannes, I was just really impressed by them. Um, so I looked them up. I didn't, I don't know if you know this, but uh, Mikami started at Capcom in the 90s yeah. and uh, directed the first installment of Resident Evil uh then the dino crisis and he did some other horror game horror games and i think he came back and did the remake of uh the resident, resident evil, evil 4 yeah and, so and then resident, resident evil 4 in 2005 remade, yeah he remade resident evil he has a real pedigree in that horror genre obviously with yeah. the games he's made so to step out and do Which something makes like this is really cool i think this is really cool and obviously you know, don't ever put creators in a box, right? Just because they're a horror person doesn't mean they can't make something like this. Um, so they had yeah. really good chemistry on camera. You're right, Nick. It's like, yeah. again, this kind of grassroots, you know, you're kind of seeing into the studio. You can tell that they get along really well. Um, and through that, I don't know. I, I like this presentation style. I really do. And it was kind of showcased yeah. here. So do you plan on playing this, Nick? I do. Yeah. I mean, solely because they made Ghostwire Tokyo. So, you know, shout out there, but it looks fun. I'm going to play it. Uh, I wrote down in my notes that it looks like it's going to be refreshing, like a switch up. And it sounds like that's exactly what you're getting from it. So I plan to play it. Yeah. Like I said, it's a perfect kind of palette cleanser going into something big like hmm. Hogwarts Legacy, because I think Hogwarts Legacy is probably coming out in we got the early version, so it's going to be like 10 days it'll be out. We'll be playing that. So to me, I think I can probably play yeah. and beat this in those 10 days. And and I feel like I've kind of been missing something like this. You know, we came off of Cyberpunk 2077. I talked about how I just wanted something simple. Um, this is kind of simple and unique where um, mm -hmm. if you have a Game Pass subscription, just download it, give it a shot. So um, I'm curious if Ryan will just play this. It. What do you think, Nick? I was I wanted to get his opinion. Do you think he'll uh, he'll check this out? For some odd reason, I, I feel that he will. Okay. Um, Ryan, Ryan's kind of, you know, I'm unsure at times. I think he's going to play this. I think he okay. might like it too. Nick, um, transitioning to the next thing, can you text him while I'm transitioning to this next studio and just ask him? Because I really, I'd like to, uh, to say it on the show if he'll get back to us because it could go both ways, right? He's, um, if he gets too many Japanese vibes from it, he'll be turned off. If he thinks it's a JRPG, he won't like it. But there's part of me that thinks he might. So moving on, the next studio that was uh, showcased was ZeniMax, specifically the Elder Scrolls Online. They showed a cinematic teaser of the next chapter, which they're calling Necrom. It's launching June 2023, mm -hmm. and it's releasing a new playable class called the Arcanist. Arcanist, something like that. Ar I think it's Arcanist. Um, so I this is probably the lowest interest for me nothing against elder scrolls online we tried it we gave it a shot maybe three or four years ago played a, a good amount of it but it, it never hooked us yep. so i saw this and i was like okay i've given this game a shot i kind of wrote it off pr pretty quickly i know there's a big fan base behind it i'm happy that they're getting more content that they're still supporting this but for me i, I wasn't too interested nick did you have any opinions on this after watching the the cinematic trailer there i did yeah yeah it really it was nostalgic for me. I mean, I can think one of the first times I played Xbox. Uh, I'm I'm picturing it now. I had this little like maybe ten inch TV screen in my room with my brother, and I remember playing Morrowind. And then from there, I played Oblivion. Uh, definitely played Skyrim, hundreds of hours. And so for me, the entire franchise, I, I've loved it. It's got a very special place in my heart. 
I played I played uh the Elder Scrolls, but it didn't hook me either. I think I played it for a little bit before all of us joined together. And even then, I mean it's it's good, but it just it never hooked me. But tonight the showcase shows that really they've they've kind of created some of these different acts, as they call them, these kind of chapters based on Oblivion, based on Morrowind, and they kind of take some of that nostalgic uh you know, landscapes and areas that you visit in those games and put them into acts. So I think some of those are already out. Um, I did see that and I thought, man, I would I would love to jump in and try those. I just don't know that I will get around to it. So I, I think if you're a fan of this franchise, uh, this this is good news. You know, it, it's a it's a great game, but uh, it's it's just not one on my radar anymore. Yeah, I'm surprised that they're still supporting it. Honestly, that, that shows that there's a a big fan base here that's still playing these games. Yeah. And, and to your point, the the fact that they have like Skyrim and Morrowind and Oblivion, like somewhat DLC or you know sections, is why that was so appealing to us in the first place. Yeah. It's just I think the combat um, and the online aspect is what kind of killed it for us. So I'm happy they're getting this. Um, this is cool that there's you know an online because MMOs are kind of harder to maintain these days. I feel like I think we're being pulled in so many different directions. Oh, yeah. That keeping and uh, sustaining a successful MMO is very difficult, and I'm happy Bethesda is able to do it. So, we did get a response from Ryan. Ryan said he will not be playing this game. Um, he mm. says the combat looked sort of gimmicky, and he seems like he'd enjoy it for about an hour. <laughs> so, I'm going <laughs> to see if I can persuade him to give it a shot. Because um, I personally, Nick, maybe just you and I re uh, review this. It seems like a pretty short um, experience. But I, it's so unique that I feel like we should re re review this as a group, um, especially when Ryan talks yeah. about not being able to play games like Cyberpunk. Okay, play this super colorful and vibrant game um, and cleanse that palette there. So, Nick, mm. moving on from Zenimax, mm. are you cool moving on past Elder Scrolls Online? I am. Last studio that they focused on, Arcane Austin. Arcane Austin are working on Redfall. If you don't remember, Redfall is the single-player, four-player co-op game where you are basically taking back this kind of uh, New England island uh, that's been overrun by vampires. It has Left 4 Dead vibes. Even more after watching this trailer, it reminded me more of Left 4 Dead. But what they dove into here is they showcased kind of how you'd be clearing neighborhoods and what side missions looked like. That's something we haven't seen yet. Um, they showed that, you know, it felt like kind of a Far Cry outpost where you're killing the 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 enemies and you go up to the tower and you you now have access to this area. It felt very much like that, and that's pretty familiar for most gamers. Um, so that is going to be in this game. Um, they showed fairly branching upgrade trees, which I thought was good. Mm -hmm. um, you know, this is going to be a an RPG FPS. So think Borderlands, where you're upgrading your character but you're also out there, you know, first person shooting kind of, and I don't know, I wouldn't say this is even looting. They didn't really focus on much looting, more of just clearing areas and more mm -hmm. story focused. Um, yeah. but, but they did tease a few bosses. They, they teased this vampire God boss at the end. Nick, you've been excited for this game. Was this a good or a bad trailer for your excitement of this game? Yeah, this was good. I think I'm more excited now than I've ever been. I have a bias towards Arcane Studios, but it has all of those DNAs, all, all those vibes, all that DNA in it, and I absolutely love it. I mean, when you when you click into the gameplay, 
you see this really like well-defined, very realistic weapon, but it still has kind of like the the arcane graphics, you know, and kind of like the not cartoony, but it has those graphics. And I think it just looks really clean. I think the fact that the leveling tree was was like an additive, it, it wasn't intimidating. Um, it looks very kind of like minimal, so I'm not going to get lost in upgrades. Different characters have different special things that they can do to kind of battle and combat and, and do different things like, you know, teleport or mark enemies or distract enemies. So I think it's going to, there's going to be some cool features like that. I'm just loving the, the dark going into a house with a flashlight. And, uh, I don't know. It just feels right. Especially with, especially with the last of us right now, it just feels like a good time for that. I'm digging the, the kind of, I think you said new England, you know, Rhode Island, whatever that kind of like geography of, of, of the United States, that lighthouse feeling, uh, it looks cool. looks like a cool place to be. And I'm really excited. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm not going to hold my breath on clearing out the different zones. I think that games can either do that really well or really bad. And so I'm a little, little unsure about how that will actually feel in the gameplay, but the mechanics look great. The shooting looked good. I think even when they zoomed in, uh, you could see like the red dot sight and when they fired and hit vampires, it looked good. So I, I don't know. I, I'm obviously biased to, to the studio, but uh, it looks great. And I'm this is one of those games, the more I see, the more gameplay I see, the more excited I am. So for me, this was a good thing. Yeah. I, is this going to be a, you know, they focused a lot on multiplayer here, right? That it's co-op, four players. You're kind of working with a team. But they did emphasize that you can play this by yourself. Do you plan mm -hmm. to play this by yourself or only with friends? What, what's your approach here? Well, only by myself, because I'm probably the only one that will actually play it. But I do think that, you know, they kind of talk about being able to go out on your own. And there are these side missions that are kind of separate from clearing out neighborhoods, right? You, like you go to this town brewery and you've got to save people. And there's kind of like this lighthouse mission. So what I'm really hopeful for is that they put some energy and intentionality into this, uh, you know, like the story here and the characters and those unique missions. And I could see if they do that, I could see this, this will be a great single player game, right? Um, obviously, I think some of the selling point here is playing with friends and that would be fun too. But I don't know if, if I'll be playing with uh, with any of you guys on here. So Definitely, we, we know Ryan absolutely hates Ryan vampires. Ryan is 100% out. Yeah, he's been down on this game from the get-go. Uh, I've been interested because it's Arcane. I, I think Arcane has an insane, uh, insanely positive pedigree of games. So just from that yeah. alone, I want to give it a shot. I find myself enjoying this more as a multiplayer game than a single player game. And that's because they focus so much on how different these classes are that I feel like, mm -hmm. oh man, I feel like I'm only going to be experiencing a part of this game if I just play by myself. You know, I like that they showed, oh yeah, you have one player that maybe is just going in and doing stealth and sneaking behind enemy lines while the others are maybe sniping or setting up traps. Sniping. That is where I think this game would shine for me personally. So if I could get you to hold out to do multiplayer, I'd play it with you. I think Adam also expressed interest. He likes vampires. James, James. expressed interest. Yeah. So we have a four-player crew right there if we want to go down that route. But right. to me, this would be a really fun multiplayer game just for that strategy element of, you know, each character does have their roles, right? You're going to be doing specific things. Um, and then also this, this big team mechanic of kind of communication, which, you know, we are the Fuegos, the Phoenix Fuegos. So 
um, I think that would be a positive for us. So I did think something was interesting here that this has a release date of May 2nd. May 2nd is the hmm. first half of 2023. What else is coming out in the first half of 2023? Starfield. Um, and all these other games we talked about other than Forza. But to me, Starfield is the big thing for Xbox in 2023. And then I thought Redfall was right underneath that. To me, it's Starfield, it's Redfall, it's Forza Motorsport. Those are the big things coming out this year. So to put the two biggest, in my opinion, at the beginning of this year, makes me think that maybe they have more for the holiday season. Okay? And this is just speculation. Yeah. But the fact that Redfall, we may be playing Redfall and Starfield within a month of each other. Uh, you know, we're talking about May and then probably June for Starfield. And then they have the holiday season. Are, are they just doing Forza Motorsport for the holiday season? I don't know. But I found it pretty unique or interesting that Redfall and Starfield are in the same uh, half of the year. What did you think about that? Did you notice that? Yeah, no, I didn't notice it. But as you talk through some of that, here's one thing that I was hoping to see, you know, and after I was like, okay, well, that wouldn't have been in that, that direct, but Hellblade has still not gotten an official release date. And so true. true. this is, uh, by all accounts, I mean, it looks like just a mind blowing experience like just going to be a next level type of game. And so who knows there's, I'm still hopeful that we could see that at the end of this year, but we've, we've seen very little since the showcase. I think there was one extra, you know, video that came out after the showcase. Um, who knows? That's another really big title that we still don't know when it's going to come out yet. That's a good point. I forgot about uh, Hellblade. That is a big release. I, I was looking at the list of games that, kind of haven't been dated yet and none of them seem like there would be close enough in development other than hellblade because hellblade has been teased for two years now i think we got that big cinematic two years, two years ago so mm -hmm. that was arcane austin um nick any more thoughts on redfall before we move out of that it was the highlight for me of the okay. showcase mm -hmm. so it's it's my takeaway i'm excited and uh i'll be playing it either with people or by myself and i'm sorry i want to ask one thing graphically were you impressed you mentioned the guns look good but the environment were did it look okay to you is yeah that leading, is that a leading question am i making you doubt it now no no i don't think you're making me doubt it but i i'm picking up on your question there were times like in the house when you were inside the house or the even the lighthouse different areas it looked fantastic there were other times it didn't didn't look fantastic so I am a little curious to see how that plays out, but um, I think when I just think about arcane games in general and the worlds that they make, it's not like a it's not a far stretch for me to kind of see where it might be lacking in some areas. So for me, it's definitely not uh, you know a deal breaker or anything like that. But there there were some variants to the different scenes and what looked good and what didn't there. Yeah, there, to me, what I'm getting at is that some of it just looked empty. Like it looked, yeah. It looked like Left 4 Dead, where Left 4 Dead is more like an arena, kind of like an arena shooter, where you're more focused on hordes of enemies. Um, where you know Death Loop is more you're focused on the environment and the the world around your enemies, and that's where you know now Arcane Arcane Leon made Death Loop. This is Arcane Austin, so we can't say they're you know the same studio necessarily, but it did feel empty. That's that's a concern I have right now. This seems. Um, 
don't know. This seems like an Xbox One game. I, I don't want to say it like that, but it doesn't seem ne- it didn't look yeah. next gen to me. Let's say that this I didn't see anything in this that made it made me feel like this is you need to play this on a Series X, right? Um, yeah. So that was kind of my final thought on that. I'm still going to give it a shot. Again, Game Pass makes all of these games so much more accessible. Uh, mm. So you know the financial aspect. You just have a Game Pass subscription, give it a shot. So, all right, Nick, that's the showcase. After those five studios showcased, how do you feel about Xbox right now? Because like I said at the beginning of the show, we haven't had much from Xbox in a year. Um, They're really laying it out here for us, saying here's the first half of 2023, five games, you know, kind of four games here. Where do you feel? What do you think? Because we've been talking about how PlayStation has just been pumping out those big single player games that we've just been loving xbox has been lacking there what do you think about this right now where do you think xbox is going give me your thoughts it's tough you know i'll say this this is kind of my summary on microsoft right now i feel like they're playing the long game i feel like they're building out an infrastructure right now game pass is obviously the big thing i think they're going to drive you know inclusive titles to here eventually as well as doing this blanket approach where like sign up you're gonna you're gonna be able to play all the best games on release and so i don't know it feels a little bit more like they're building their their fortress right now as opposed to focusing on you know kind of the strategy that nintendo and and sony have been doing with these big titles unique to their platform but i i don't know i'm like always going to be an xbox boy like that's just xbox is my thing i think microsoft is taking their time and building out a, a large ecosystem. And I think in the long run, it'll be really good and play out. Uh, as far as like specific titles and things that I'm wishing for, I don't know. I don't really have any any high hopes or expectations with Microsoft. I'm just kind of, uh, you know, taking it day by day. I don't know. It's almost like that's not even the area that I go to for those kind of things. And I'm fine with that, if that makes sense. Well, yeah, I mean, Xbox hasn't been the big single player game console for us for a while now, right? We're kind of, we've been programmed to not expect it. So, you know, whether we're missing those titles or not, we don't expect them, unfortunately. Um, And that's not the best long-term approach. But to your point, um, I'm still, I mean, my Xbox is my daily use. That is where I put all of my third-party games. If it wasn't for that DLC, that exclusive Hogwarts Legacy DLC for the PlayStation. I would be playing Hogwarts Legacy on mm. the Xbox. Granted, I bought it for the PlayStation. So, uh, I don't know. I'm I'm still worried about Xbox, and a lot of that stems from Halo. Still, to me, Halo is their flagship title. Um, that is when you think Xbox, you think Halo, and the fact that they are, I think, fumbling that franchise. Sad makes me very concerned i don't don't care how many studios they've bought um if you can't foster your golden ip what are you doing so things like uh tango gameworks and hi-fi rush those are huge those are great things but they're not like system sellers so for someone who's a game pass subscriber who already has an xbox that's a great thing it's a big perk thank you i love it i'm going to play it but i don't know if it's the most sustainable thing you still need those big titles so that's kind of my feeling about it after that showcase starfield is that big title starfield has to hit i've been saying it for two years now starfield has to hit so uh, i'm excited to see that showcase whenever that gets announced i think it's gonna be in the summertime 
Yeah, I think there's probably another conversation to circle back on here around, you know, this long-term strategy that Microsoft has. I think it's really good for business. I don't know if what's good for business is always best for the end user or the gamer, right? And so, yeah, you know, it's going to be it's going to be really curious. I hope they don't, you know, over push into this area of just acquiring everything and building out this massive ecosystem where they can get subscribers and then miss on the actual experience and giving people this world that's very unique to their ecosystem. And so I see a world where they do that as well and that it actually doesn't work long term. So yeah, I don't know. It's a tough balance. It's a big conversation, but uh I think that's a good point that you make, you know, maybe maybe not maybe not in the best area right now. Well and I want to talk about Microsoft specifically a little bit more too, but in in the broad scheme of things, um, a news topic that I just wanted to address. Uh, the video games industry has been hit with mass layoffs, um, and it's ranging from video game developers, publishers, all the way through games media outlets and journalists. Yeah. So some of the impacted studios and companies are Unity, right? Unity makes the engine. Riot Games, um, that's a lot of those kind of... Uh, I can't think of Riot Games things right now. That's Valorant. They do a, and, they do a lot of stuff. Yeah, Valorant. Yeah. They and, do a lot of mobile stuff too, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the MOBAs. They do a bunch of the MOBAs. Um, Bethesda had layoffs. 343 Industries had layoffs. Fandom, Fandom, which is Giant Bomb, or under, Giant Bomb's underneath Fandom had layoffs. Game Informer, Fanbyte, GameSpot. And to me, this is a bigger one. Um, Washington Post just ended their launcher section which if you didn't know about two years ago washington post launched or about three years ago washington post launched or yeah they launched um kind of a subsite called launcher and what that was was a video game focused kind of subsection of the washington post where they had writers mm -hmm. and you know editors and video producers making content and they just shut it down and i think they've, they've got one journalist from that section left employed at Washington Post. So wow. I highlight this simply because, you know, layoffs are going to happen in the video games industry. But to see kind of a old school newspaper throw in the towel on this, this side of the industry, which is the biggest sector of entertainment, and kind of wipe their hands and say, you know, we're kind of moving on, or we're not focusing on this is a big deal to me. Um, because it is like we know how big video games are from you know culture to revenue um but to see something like washington post not foster this further seems like a mistake for one thing but it's also a sign that the video game industry is going to get hit hard i think from this recession and you know i think it's pretty safe to say we are at the beginning of a recession right now um in no way is this probably the peak but the video game industry already is hit um, I bring this up because 343 Industries is one of the uh, companies that went through a, a good amount of layoffs. And there were rumors circulating that 343 Industries was being cut down to the point where they would not no longer be making Halo games. Um, 343 came out and mm -hmm. debunked, the, debunked that themselves. You know, they released a press announcement that said, we plan to keep making these games. They also, there was a rumor circulating that they laid off the team that was working on the campaign dlc for halo infinite and they debunked that by saying there is no halo infinite 
campaign DLC, <laughs> which I was like, bad. So same, that team was laid off. Yeah, That's yeah. still bad news. <laughs> yeah. so, I'm like, regardless if you laid off people uh, working at it or not, the fact that you haven't been working uh, on campaign DLC for Halo Infinite is a huge problem. So, oh no 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 that's that's not true we we've never been working on that yeah <laughs> it's yeah, like that's oh just, no we didn't lay off that team there was no one yeah. working on that in the first place so um and then also this uh, no. is a, this is a big deal over over at three four three also Joseph Staten who is the creative director exited three four three and is re- returning to the Xbox mm. publishing division um, if you recall he joined in twenty twenty to course correct Halo Infinite. And I would say he has. I think I think Joseph Dayton's been one of the best things or best people added to 343. Him departing uh, in the state that it's at has me extremely concerned because I, I understand that he probably did course correct it from where it was when he came in. It is not in a place to leave it, though. Um, that's my concern. Again. Yeah. So, again, when you are not fostering your, uh, I'll say it, your golden IP, uh, there are bigger problems, I think, at Xbox right now. So all of this said, uh, layoffs are, are bad for the industry. Suck, um, yeah. It's super disappointing. I mean, I, these are some people I follow who are being laid off uh, just because I, I like their coverage or I like their work. Um, so if you can go support those people independently, they usually come out with Patreons or they'll start their own thing. Again, sometimes layoffs are really good where you do get this is the final catalyst for someone to spin off and start their own thing. And, you know, maybe they will go yeah. make their, their kind of funny or whatever they do. They go make their own branch off thing. Um, optimistic that people will do that, but still this is sad to see people lose their, jo- their jobs. Nick, have you seen these layoffs? Have you been following this coverage? Yeah. Yeah. There's a, uh, there's a website called layoffs.io and I've been following really just all the layoffs as an HR person trying to pay attention to what's going on in the economy. But Specifically, I follow a lot of these outlets on LinkedIn, actually, which is kind of a weird place to follow them. Uh, and I've seen all of it there. So the, the the New York Post one, I actually hadn't heard of that one. So I'm curious Washington Post. how much of that was the Washington Post. I'm curious how much of that was them really unable to get into that industry as, a, as kind of like a, a media you know, arm already. But still, I mean, it's, it's crazy. Um, so... It sucks. Sucks. Sorry, Jeffrey Bezos. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And now Bo Bo Burnham stuck in my head. Now, do you not know what I'm referencing? Have you not seen that inside? Oh my gosh, I'm gonna send that to you right after this. It's, anyways, tangent. Um, Yeah, Nick, it's 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 sad to see it. Um, These are the sectors that are being hit the most, though, obviously. Yeah, and I hate to say it. Yeah, these are the, also some of the jobs that AI does step in and start messing around with. Um, I don't know if we're there yet, oh, but yeah. they're definitely, at least from early uh, test cases, some of these roles would be impacted by AI. So, yeah. Yeah. Nick, anything um, else on so I, I, Yeah. So I was just going to say, I work for a, a media company. So we have, you know, editorial teams and production teams and, you know, they, they take content and put them in all sorts of different avenues and and channels. And, uh, I'm drawing a blank, but there was a media uh, outlet that just laid off a ton of people, but come to find out that for the last year, 
50% of their content has been uh, like written in draft form by AI. So I don't, I don't know if it was chat GPT specifically, but um, the majority of it was being written by like one or two people through this AI platform and the people they laid off, like weren't really doing anything. So yeah, on that topic, you know, and I know that's a whole other topic, but um, I mean, it's lot, what, we, it's my, it's what well. we might do. <laughs> We've talked about doing that. I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, we've we've written really funny things about AI trying to write a story about how we BLG breaks up because we get so competitive over who finishes a game first. And it wrote like a really emotional story about how Ryan's a jerk and I always win and, and he was rude and split up BLG. So it was accurate. I mean, pretty, this is how it would happen. Yeah, it's exactly how it would happen. I mean, not joking. You did do some prompts or Ryan did some prompts that like nailed the dynamic in really creepy ways. So yeah, um, AI is definitely, you know, a threat to some of these jobs. So Nick, one thing I want, one last, you know, positive thing I wanted to end on here as far as news goes before we go into some housekeeping. Um, GoldenEye 007 is set to release on Game Pass on January 27th. So the day that this releases, you'll be able to go and play GoldenEye 007 on Game Pass. It's also coming to the Nintendo Switch Online um, subscription model, so you can be playing this game again. You know, Ryan and I have been playing it for months on our Steam Deck, but you finally have access to this game again. Nick, I know you hate playing nostalgic games. You don't go back and touch these things. Is this one that you would go play at all? Absolutely not. Yeah. (laughs) And when I think about games that like in time over time just didn't age age well as far as like their mechanics uh it's that one right like that's one of them it's <laughs> so, at the top like, of the list <laughs> man what's what's like the main machine gun that's just like this black pole you know what i mean with just like, like an this orange black it has like a little stick- orange tip, tip. Yeah. yeah yeah oh yeah. man i just like dude i i'm sure that if i got on i would play for two minutes and then i would just start crying about my childhood memories being ruined in 2023 so uh, i can't do it i'm so happy for you and ryan congratulations but uh, no I, I won't be, i won't be playing this long term i will go back and dabble just to play damn again because that level is just the goat damn but just to I, be odd job just walk up odd job people dude odd job was uh he was op in multiplayer he had less you know he had less, less height, so height. It was harder to hit yeah. Um, yeah. couldn't he throw his hat wasn't he able to throw his hat too no I thought he slapped people he did like the chop everyone had the chop I, I might be thinking of, no you're right I'm thinking of Jaws and, and something else yeah Jaws no I think he could do something too. different and he get a hat yeah. anyways um, yeah if, if you're interested you can go play that uh, now on Game Pass along with Hi-Fi what's it called Hi-Fi Rush that name is Rush. somewhat eluding me um, I am going back to that real quick. I'm super excited to experience the different songs because I've already ex- experienced a nine inch nail song and a boss battle and it was super cool. So I'm assuming they're going to be working these songs into boss battles. And I think that's a really cool concept. Anyways, Nick, let's get into some housekeeping. Housekeeping. Upcoming episodes. Nick, I think we're about to do our cyberpunk 2077 spoiler cast next week. How do you feel about that? Finally, finally, I feel good. I think. I think cyberpunk cyberpunk's unique i think we're gonna have kind of a different take on it than most people i don't know i i haven't watched a ton of reviews on it but 
I'm excited. It's, uh, I think, more of like a, a philosophical and, and deep thinking game for us. Um, but I'm excited. I think I hope Ryan joins too and and gives us his take because he's got a he's had a different experience with it. Yeah, he, if he joins, he won't be joining by completing it. I don't think he's going to be finishing that game in the next week. Mm-hmm. So, listener, expect that next week. Soon after that, uh, we'll be playing two games. Um, in in the in addition to Hi Fi Rush season, a letter of the future comes out January thirty first. That's one we've been talking about for a while. It's an indie game. Next uh, we'll, week. Next week, yeah, we'll be playing that kind of on the side. I think over the over the course of the next month, because we will be pretty focused on Hogwarts Legacy, which comes out February tenth. But Nick, what did I tell you? February sixth, if you get the sixth sixth for the digital deluxe edition, which Nick and I both bought. You get some cool Slytherin skins, um, but also you get early Honestly, access. we've talked about bundling games and making them more expensive and people's different opinions on that. Mm-hmm. But, dude, that's a great feature. You can unlock this game a week early. Like, like I, three, I don't know. I just days. Yeah, but like whatever that model is on top of like, you're going to get like some deluxe broomstick and like clothes. Like also you get to play early. I think that's like a really cool, you know, cost them nothing to release that a few days early for them. Uh, anyways, that's that's awesome. I'm excited to be able to play it a few days early. You no, know, you're right. That's a value add that I'm worth paying for, obviously, right? You know, yeah. I would pay, I'd pay an extra twenty bucks if I got it two weeks early, potentially, right? Yeah, in for some the, cases, for the right game, it, yeah, for the right game, yeah, yeah. So that is something that maybe beyond skins could motivate more people to hop in and play or buy the you know the deluxe versions. So other than mm-hmm. that, we have uh, we've been talking and teasing a video game history episode. We will get to that eventually. It just takes a lot of work and research. And then we've talked about doing a video game Hall of Fame. I proposed this last week. I think that'd be a really fun episode just to kind of go down memory lane, games we're nostalgic about, and just kind of talk about what really has lasted the test of time. So uh, moving on to right into the show. Got any questions for us? Got any comments for us? Don't like our take? Like our take? Let us know. Bushleaguegames at gmail.com. Right in. Mm. Um, We'll read it on the show. Uh, also, thank you for listening. Um, I haven't yeah. brought this up publicly on the podcast, but listenership has been high lately, and it's kind of done this like very slow upward climb over time, and it's been slow. I mean, I want to be clear. It's very slow, but we're at a part where, point where there's just consistent listenership, and for you consistent listeners, thank you. We appreciate it. We see you, um, and you know, keep sharing us with your friends because it's obvious you're doing it. So... We appreciate you. Thank you. And we'll see you next week. Thank you so much. See you later. Bye. Yeah, you were a tripod, basically. <laughs>